Hey, good evening, my good afternoon, my beautiful listeners. This is Sunday afternoon. We're going to be having some uh, beautiful fun today. Uh, I'm not alone. I'm co-hosting with um, Steve. Steve, how are you? Hey, Ray. What's up, brother? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. You know, I've been telling my listeners to say one day I'm going to be co-hosting with you. And the reason why I want to co-host with you is because of there's a lot of stuff that you can share with me. Mm. You can share with the viewers mm. and the listeners at the same time. And um, there's one thing that I like us to talk about today, mm. which uh, most of the people I think they failing to come to terms with that or how to implement that. Okay. Commitment. Okay. Commitment, I think it's um, one of those things that we fail to put together as human beings so what can you tell us about commitment steve i mean that's i think that's it's a very big value that you've chosen to talk about and commitment unfortunately is one of those things that will always expose you every single day in your life there's nothing in your life in every area spiritually financially mentally relational health wise where if you're not committed that you're going to get to the end so in simple terms commitment simply means whatever it is that you've decided whatever outcome that you want out of a situation you decide no matter what is thrown at me in the middle no matter how hard no matter what obstacles i go through i'm not going to give up until i get what i want so commitment simply means you're ready to suffer before you can get whatever it is that you want. And I think most of us struggle with it. Yeah, because um, I've, I've seen some uh, couple of talented people, especially the young ones, um, they end up failing, but they are talented in a specific area. For an example, football, singing and all that, but they end up um, doing some funny things. Where do you think the mistake is there? Talent is something you're born with. Commitment is something you build. And if you are here to choose between two people, one person that is talented and one person that is committed and less talented, in an ideal world, I will need somebody that has both. But if I have to choose one, I'll choose a, talent, I'll choose a committed person over a talented person. Because a committed person, if he doesn't know, he'll commit to learning whatever it is he wants until he makes it right. Talented people always will always fool an indiscriminate eye they it's what they do naturally so he can do it and he gets away with it but he's he's he can do better if he did it now you'll find most of the people that and this is i bring it more in the african context we have to come to a place where we have to start teaching our kids what commitment is michael jackson didn't become the best dancer overnight he had to be committed from a very young age michael jordan uh, lucas hadebe all those people that you see at some point they had to be committed and commitment as a parent what you're telling your child is they have to practice 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 whatever they want until they become better and i don't think especially as black people, I don't think we do that. And I can, I can prove that by looking at the kind of programs and TV programs you see, reality TV, where everybody wants to get a quick, um, quick fame overnight. Uh, when it comes to commitment, it's not about fame. Fame will always come if you commit it. But if you're chasing fame without commitment, you'll burn out. Oh, okay. So, so uh, looking at what you're saying, 
during that process of being talented i think what you're trying to tell me is if you are failing to be committed it's the best thing is to get a coach in your life definitely definitely everybody is born with a coach you are born with a mother and a father those who are coaches that god gave you in your life and anybody that has ever done anything the best soccer player the best boxer the best uh, academician the best they always have a coach so if you want to be the best version of yourself in your life you need a coach and when i need a coach i'm talking about a coach is somebody that sees the potential in you and sees you for who you're supposed to be than who you are now problem with most people will always see you for who you are now through the struggles that you have but i can see you and see if you put in time with the little that you know now where you're going to be in the future and that's where a coach comes in when you go in they're not emotional about what you're saying you go in and you say it was a bad week i didn't get what i wanted they ask you did how many sales were you supposed to do this week i was supposed to do 10 sales how many calls are you supposed to do i have a 10% conversion ratio i was supposed to do 100 sales uh, 100 calls how many calls did you do i did 50 calls you fucked up period not oh you know it was a bad week there was coronavirus it is the zuma's government is no 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 based on what you did you didn't do enough work to get the outcome you want so tomorrow when you go next week you have to do 200 calls that's what a coach comes in he highlights the bullshit you tell yourself that you make yourself be- feel better the excuses you make rather than rolling your sleeves putting on the gumboots going out there in the hot sun breaking your back and digging so that you can have the big harvest mm, i understand now so actually a coach it have to be someone who doesn't buy a face a coach is not a therapist If I'm going to be your coach I'm not here to come make you feel better. Mine is to show you where you are, uh, show you your metrics. You got the results that you want because of the work that you put in. So if you come here and you want to waste my time complaining about the results you wanted and the work you didn't do, then I'm lying to you. Go to a pastor. He'll lie to you. There's nothing there's nothing like that when it comes to this. You are supposed to do 100 calls out of the 100 calls you are going to get 10 people because you have a 10% buying ratio. So if you did 50 calls, you're going to do 5. So why are you complaining that you didn't do 10 calls, 10 sales and you didn't do what you did? You didn't so. You'll be very crazy as a farmer. You never planned it and you're walking around with a big sack expecting to harvest because that's how most of us live our lives. You never did the hard work. You never did the hard work. So 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 I hear you um especially right now. This is a 52nd day since we've been in lockdown. Um there's COVID-19 and most of the people are complaining. During the very same process when people are still complaining, there are people who are becoming millionaires. The money doesn't leave this earth. It just changes hands. When they say there's a depression it doesn't mean there's less money. When they say the guy is going the country is going through a recession the money doesn't get less the money just changes purely based it will start flowing to those that have changed the way they think. Money and life is exactly like a seed. If I take a seed and put it on a window sill it can stay there for years until I take that seed and put it in the ground it will grow that seed doesn't know what recession is i put it in a recessive environment 
And that's how we are ourselves. We put ourselves in that environment by buying what is happening. Look at how beautiful it is out there. Do you think that weather outside knows about COVID-19? Does the weather look like it's in recession? Does the weather look like it's in lockdown? Life doesn't wait for you because you're in lockdown. The president has got executive powers given to him by the constitution of this country to lock you down, but he cannot, he cannot stop time. For those time that you are at home, you're either spending it or you're wasting it because it's moving on without you. And chances are, if you're not using it, it's leaving you behind. Even your mind is not locked It's leaving down. you behind. Uh, my beautiful listeners, I hope you, you can hear. Because um, since this lockdown has started, um, when you switch on the TV, watch the news, it's all about complaining. People want this, they need that. Everything is all about they focusing on the government. And the government has done its own part. It's for you to do your own part. Now, I just want to ask something, Steve. Commitment. In, 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 in line of commitment, what are the most important things that you need to be committed on as a human being? A couple of, for your life to be complete, there are a couple of areas that you have to be committed in for you to live a joyful life. And when we talk about an impactful, joyful life, we're talking about your thinking, your life, and your actions being one. If you think differently from the way you live your life, you become unhappy. Now, so the first one here is your commitment to God. God gave you life. God is a businessman. Like any other businessman, he expects return on investment. He gave you life. Your mother carried you as a vessel to bring you in this world. Your father might have bought you a bike, but God gave you life. And like an investor, he wants a return on investment. First commitment, you have to dedicate your life to God. And as a man, first thing that you have to do is you have to submit yourself to God. You say, I will never marry a woman that does not worship my God. You say, I'll never get into a business or a business partnership with a person that does not worship God. You say that I'll never get engaged myself, eat foods, drink things that defy the God in me. First and foremost, it's God, 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 God. Everything that I do, am I praising the God in my life or not? Because the minute you think like that, you're not going to drink. The minute you think like that, you're not going to smoke because you are defying. How do you think him as an investor sees you destroying his investment by the things that you put in. So your first and foremost is God. Sir, G-O-D. Unquestionable. That one becomes number, number one. The second one is family. Family is what God gave you just to apologize for the family that you were born in. Most of us are born in horrible families. You can't choose your family. Neither can you choose the behavior of your family. But you'll find most of the stress in your life is caused by your family. But it's no choice. Whether your brother is gay, whether your sister does drugs, whether your mother sleeps around, whether your father is a thief, Bible says you always have to honor your family. I don't have to love them. But I can never say that he's not my father, irrespective of how bad it is. I can never say that she's not my mother. I can never ever disown my brother. Remember, I didn't say I have to love them. But I can never disown those people because I had no choice when it comes to choosing those people. Those are things that God gave me. Family needs an, is an investment. Because in most cases, and I've always said this, life is hard. 
irrespective of how much time you spend and how famous you become outside and how much money you make, we're only going to judge you by how your family looks like. If your family is a failure, you are a failure. It doesn't matter how many men out there come down on your knees and they call you, Mr. Chauke, you drive the biggest car. We judge you by the quality of your family. And I've always said, a man's success is always determined by the size of the smile on the woman's face that sits next to him. It's your duty. Those are, all, those are family things. They're the hardest to do. Because the easiest thing to do this is always to say, I just don't want. You always grow only by overcoming your hardest obstacles. And family is the hardest obstacle to love. You know, um, you just reminded me something. Especially when you look at the Ten Commandments, those two things that you already mentioned, they are sitting right there at the top. The family, God, they are sitting right there at the top. And um, these are the most important things that we normally fail. Yeah. And you use the right word, important. Those are the important things. We're so caught up with urgent things. Work is urgent. Friends are urgent. Trying to impress people are urgent, but the urgent things will never give you fulfillment until you take care of the important things. God is important. Family is important. Those are the things that if you put your time and energy in them, they will change your life completely. Number three is your health. You have to be committed to your health. You have to be committed to your health. There's no two ways about it. People always say, that you need to have a spiritual practice for you to be happy in life. I say you can't have a spiritual practice. You are spirit already. You are spirit. You are spirit, and if you are spirit, it means you are spirit that is having a human experience. You are spirit. And if you are spirit, it automatically means that that spirit needs a vehicle for it to fulfill. A spirit, a spirit is on a mission. Your body here might be employed, but your spirit is deployed. Your spirit came to finish a certain mission in this world. But that mission, like that South African ambassador that is in Netherlands, he needs to be sent there as a human being. We put a human being on the plane. We send a human being to the office. We give them a human name. But that's, that's, the, that's the vehicle that carries the spirit that is going to do God's work for South Africa, where? In Netherlands. If that vehicle is broken, the spirit cannot get there. So going to gym is not about having a six-pack. Going to gym is not about having big biceps. It's not about building muscle. Can that body carry the spirit until it fulfills the purpose that God gave it in this world? Because if that car is broken, and I'm here from here to Soweto, and the car gets broken, I can't fulfill my mission to go to Soweto. So it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter I wanted to, but I cannot get there. So when you don't take after your body, and your body and your spirit are intertwined, if your body breaks down, the spirit has to leave because the spirit never dies. So, so spirit does not leave because it's tired of you. It has no other vehicle but which means you haven't fulfilled. So so what you're saying is this. Now, it takes me back, even if when you're reading the Bible, 
God says your body is a temple. You have to keep it clean at all times. You have to keep it healthy. The reason you're raised is because of the spirit must be in a very good and healthy body. Does it? Spirit and your body. Your spirit, you know, I'll expand on this. If you look at the cross, the cross has got a vertical and horizontal. And this is the best explanation you can have, or the first analogy you can have for your spirit and body. When we born, we born horizontal we born horizontal. You come out of your mother's stomach crawling like an animal. You come out cross. That's why women don't give birth standing. They're sitting down. You come out. A dog walks on all fours. And as you start growing up, you start holding on to things, you start growing vertical. So we born, your body, we born as animals. Remember, as much as we've been created in the image and after the likeness of God, but also you have the ability to become and be created in the image and after likeness of men. So are you in the image and after the likeness of God or are you in the image and after the likeness of men? Now, as you start coming out, and you start getting strong. You start holding on to things to stand up. You start growing vertical. And what does that mean? Horizontal is physical. Living from your navel all the way down. We live by senses. Things that affect our body. Vertical is exactly when you start living in your spirit, in your head. So when they say Jesus rose to the skies, it's not a physical rise. Jesus lived in his head. That's why the cross, ours is we are born like that, but we need to die like that. We have to live upright. And that's all this does. We born, we born horizontal, and as we start getting older, you'll find most old people, you start getting weak, you start leaning forward, you get back into that horizontal. But that's not the way God created us. That's being created in the image and after the likeness of man. Yours is to be created in the image and after the likeness of who? God, you have to live horizontal. And that means we have to overcome our bodily needs and we have to start living by increasing. And your spirit cannot grow if your mind is not growing. Mm. So that becomes that becomes our number three in terms of uh, fitness. And one thing you have to know about fitness, forget looking good. That's a byproduct. Life is hard. Don't let anybody lie to you. If somebody tells you life is not hard, check their pulse. Either they're dead or he's six years old. But a man's life is hard. Jesus' life was hard. Muhammad's life was hard. Life is hard. Because life is purely we've been brought in this world so that the spirit can experience who you're supposed to be. And that's a struggle. You only become better by overcoming struggles. And that's why life is hard. And any time you overcome one obstacle, there's another big one coming. So there's no time in life where you'll say, Oh God, I worship you so much. I don't want life. I don't want no problems. No, no, no. Loving God does not mean you don't have problems. You have more problems than normal people, but you go through them without giving up. Wow. It's 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 um it's getting more exciting actually because um, I've come across lots of um, Christians, to be precise. Um, they came to church being hustlers. They were 
pushing and pushing and pushing and you could see like i know this one he just need to be guided and then he's gonna take it up but the meantime he gets into church the mentality changes altogether he put god as if god is my worker everything will just flow he expecting that everything would be smart for me life will be simple as that but i just don't understand why is that is it because of the way they were guided into church or not it's a belief we all think that god is there to do the heavy lifting for you god is not there to live to do all the all lifting for you why because he has already put everything you need in you god does not want to constantly keep on doing little things god has put everything in you but it's always us that are lazy to tap into it and we always go down on our knees asking god for wrong things everything that god has ever created in nature all those trees that you see all the beautiful things the future is always put in the thing the trees in the seed no matter how small that seed is that big tree is inside the seed so you can't go out there and the seed talking to other seeds how do i become big like you no 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 it's inside you it's the same thing that is with us so you don't you're not going on your knees to pray god to make it easy you're asking god to help you endure the pain you're not telling him even jesus tried say take this carpet away from me but what did he say but if my will and your will, if your will supersedes mine, let your will be done. But it's hard for me, Father. Take it away. Even Jesus tried. He's not going to take it away. God is not about there to take it away. God is there to make sure that you get strong. Because whatever it is you're going through, it's not like it's new to him. He already put it in your way. Because whatever is inside you, and the harder your life is, the tougher your life is, the bigger the promise is in you. So when God puts more in you, of course, he has to make you stronger so that you can withstand whatever it is. God does not believe in small blessings. Whatever God puts in things, he puts things to support the whole generation. Have you ever seen one tree, one apple tree with one apple? Have you ever seen the stars with one star? Have you ever seen a beach with one sand? Have you ever seen an ocean with one, one speck of water? Everything that God does, he does it in a big style. He blesses you and generations. But if you're going to hold and stand that generation, you have to have the strong shoulders to carry on. And that's why when you go on, the more you go down on your knees and you pray God, the more trouble you get in your life. Because you're telling him, I don't have time to wait for these things you told me. I want it now. But he says, okay, if you want it now, it's there for you. But you're not ready so i have to take you through school quickly and this is where the problem we don't want to go through the school we 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 want to cut corners and when you keep cutting corners whatever you think it's a blessing it becomes a burden and a case to you that's it brother ray you know when you went to school you had to sit down and write exam for grade one before you went to grade two and when you are sitting down there writing the exam, the teacher was in the room. Does it? Why did the teacher give you the exam? Why did they make you write the exam? Obviously, it's a testing phase that can you manage to go to the next level. Does the teacher hate you? No. Nope. So why do we find it so hard when God tests us to build our spiritual 
strength. This is what we do in school physically, but also your spirit needs to be built. So when God brings these things to build our spirits, we say, oh, no, I don't want. If you, do, if you refuse to write that exam in grade one, what will happen to grade two? Obviously, I don't think you can even make it to grade two. Thank you. So why do we run away from the obstacles God puts in our, in our, in our, in our, um, in our path? And then expect to get the blessings until you solve whatever is put in front of you. You're not going to get. There's no guarantee that you're going to fulfill and get what God is put in store for you. That's up to you. There's no guarantee. He's done it. He's put it there. You have a son now, and you say, "I've got, um, I've got a trust fund for my son. When he gets 21, I'll give him 10 million runs." What happens if I die when he's 18? And I, I think um, the best way is to train that son just in case if anything happens so that the inheritance can be a blessing, not a case to your but son. But what happens if I die if he's 18 and I said he can only access the money when he's 21? Well, it looks like he just have to wait for it. Will his life be easy? Definitely not. Does it mean the money is not there? The man is there. But what happens if he decides, I can't do this anymore, I'll kill myself, I give up, I don't want, what will happen? Definitely he won't get that money. That's it. But the money will still be there. That's how God has brought us in this world. Our future is God's past. He's already done it. It's there, it's waiting. It's us that are doing our stupid things along the path. Anything he puts in front of us, we run away. And every time you run away from an obstacle, you're going backwards because the obstacle gets bigger and bigger. You have to go either through it, over it, around it, or under it. But you have to go through it. Wow, that's um, a very profound statement. Um, it's 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 really raised something in me. You know, um, in life, I just realized that the more you want to go through something there's going to be obstacles in your life. And I remember that part of um, when God says to Abraham, um, you are the father of the nation. He never said you are the father of the community or the father of the family. It brought me back to the statement that you just mentioned to say, God does things in multiplication, not just one. That's it. And God never gives you just enough for you. If you go on your knees and ask God, oh, please give me a BMW. <laughs> he puts his feet up and keeps on watching TV. But if you say, God, give me a solution to my people in Soweto. How do I help them get electricity? Now he'll listen. Always ask God to make you a blessing to others. And there's no way you'll be a blessing to others and not be blessed. Always ask them, give me a solution to my people's problems. God blesses houses. God blesses generations. God blesses futures. God doesn't bless your stomach. We should stop this thing of saying, God, please, I need a BMW. God, I need Nike. God, I need an, an iPhone. Hey, God has given us a brain for those things. God only wants to come in things we don't have the ability to manifest. Big things. I have ability. I have the mind here to buy a BMW. I have the brain here to buy shoes. I don't need God for that. 
I don't want to be wasting his time. Oh God, please, can I eat manguinya today? Hey, do it yourself. <laughs> uh, to the viewers out there, I just want to say to each and every one of you, I know you are busy benefiting from this. This is one of the things that I wanted each and every one of us to hear so that we grow to the next level. Um, another thing, Steve, I want to ask you, You've mentioned three things in commitment. It's God, it's family, it's your health. Is there another thing? Oh, yeah. Money. Jesus said the poor will always be among us. People always say that spiritually it says that money is the root of all evil. No, it says the love of money. When we talk about the parable where Jesus gives about this rich man that had to go away and he had three workers. And he gave each of these workers one a million runs, the other one two million runs, the third one three million runs. He went away and when he came back, he called them and he asked them, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? The one with three million runs said, I invested, sir, and I made six million runs. He said, thank you, faithful servant. Called the second one. What did you do with the talents I gave you? Sir, I invested. I made four million runs. He put them aside. Third one, he said, what did you do? He said, sir, you are a very hard man. I buried the money you gave me. is still there. He said, stupid man. Take everything away from him. And that's why people always say, the poor will always be poor and the rich will always get richer. It's in the mindset. Why do most of us, we don't all have the same talents? Somebody could have three talents, one could have two, one will have one. All it teaches us, you have to focus on the one talent you have. It will bring you so much joy and so much abundance, rather than not using your own and saying, oh God, why did you give that one three? So this one was burying this, but saying that one is progressing. Now, as black people, we have to understand the importance of money. Jesus spoke about money more than salvation in the Bible 2,000 times more than salvation. Because as long as you live on this physical plane, where I can touch you, I can see you, I can smell you, I can hear you, I can taste you, there's nothing in this world that prayer can pay. It needs to be paid by what? By money. Go to the toilet. Finish your business, number two, and pray for prayer to give you toilet paper. No, you need money to buy toilet paper. Now, until we realize that you can never be who God intended you to be in this world if you're a poor person living in a poor area, going to poor schools, eating poor food, then we have to understand that it is our priority that we serve a God of abundance that does not believe in poverty. Poverty is man-created. Money, you'll never be free until you have money. And we as black people, we need to know that. We need to teach our kids that money is simply freedom. Money gives you the ability to choose. Money makes it easier for you to help the poor. What is the best thing you can do for the poor, Ray? Well, is to help them. No, don't become one of them. Mm -hmm. All of us think it's holy, spiritual to be poor. And every, even our kids. Most of our kids have never seen a rich black person. So how do you expect them to be rich? We need to go out there and make money. Our kids will go around us and see us with all the things. That by making and doing more in this world that money can buy is a way to glorify God. God wants you to have more. God does not want you to be poor. Mm. Because if God didn't want you to be poor, 
Even your own pastor will not be asking you for money. You go to your pastor and tell him, I don't have money. Why do you think young people don't go to church? They don't go to church because our pastors don't like them because they can't give money. We prefer older people that have jobs. So money, you have to be committed to make money. Learn how to do business. And money, unfortunately, is not about prayer. Money is about adding value. Become so valuable. Become so valuable that people queue up, people line up, your phone can't stop ringing. Emails are jammed because people want a piece of what you're offering. And that automatically becomes money. Because by serving, you make money. And you cannot serve by serving people. It's the only way you can serve your master. And who is your master? We only have one, God himself. Wow. I um, I guess each and every one is taking notes. Um, this is a very important information. That is why I said from the beginning, this is going to be a very happy Sunday afternoon where we get to know more things about our lives, get to know um, yourself to the point of saying, I was created by the image of God and his likeliness, which means the characteristics that God has. I have it, but the problem, it still stays there. Complain, excuses, worry. Why? Because we don't know who we are. Anything that does not know itself, anything that does not know its value gets abused. We don't know who we are. And if you don't know who you are, anybody that does not know who they are, they don't know who they are not. My dog is sitting there. Shakira, he won't come. Even a dog does not respond to a name that is not its own. So why do we keep on responding to what people are calling us? Because we don't know who we are. Your power, your superpower is in your identity. And most of us run away from who we are. We want to be somebody else. That's, it's only men that you see wearing t-shirts with other men's names on them. Because you know deep inside you're great. But because you're not living your greatness, you start living somebody else's greatness. You wear Michael Jackson t-shirt. You wear Michael Jordan You'll never be that person because you know God does not expect you. God does not demand you. God does not demand you to be perfect, but he demands you to be great. That one is a command. So actually what you're saying, God doesn't um, create a duplication. It creates one original product that he knows that this product is going to produce something. For sure, God is not Chinese. There's no Hong Kong company there. We call it, when we call about Yahweh inclusive, Yahweh Inc. in heaven, God only makes originals. You are an original. When I think of God in a physical form, it's when I look at you. It's the only way because you've been created as the image and after the likeness of God. Am I being blasphemous? Of course not. What will Jesus say? Jesus said, that among you, the least among you, is my brother. The least among you is my brother. That's Jesus himself. Now, if Jesus can call you your brother, why will another human being call you something else? Why will you degrade me because of your position, because of your uh, things in life that to make me feel less? No. My strength is in knowing who I am. 
I'm the son of the Most High. If not, if I'm not a, a smaller king, then I'm a prince at the worst. <laughs> wow, that's very exciting. Mm. On your core commitment list, is there something else? Last one, friends. And this, this is very applicable to men. As young men, we always have a lot of friends around us that build us. As men get older, life beats us. We get busy trying to make money, raising a family, building a career. And before we know it, we get into our 40s. Ask any man how many, how many friends do you have. They don't even have three friends. I call it the band of brothers. Life is tough. And you need people to constantly keep on lifting you up when life is hitting you. I'm a big believer. A hand from a brother is more powerful than two hands on your knees praying for me. We always need people that are going to lift us. And you can only be as strong as the company that you keep. Friends. Society, we, we've got 5,000 people on social media, but we don't have a single person you can pick up that call and just talk to. We're lonely. And the Bible says it clearly. The, when God was creating everything, up to the sixth day, God was praising himself. The only time that God does not uh, praise what he's done is when he says it's not good for this man to be by himself. When a man is alone, it's dangerous. We become, we fall into depression. Our mind starts to murder us. We turn into bad people. We started doing drugs. We start drinking. We start gambling. You have to have at least five men around you that you can be open to and tell them, Steve, I'm not feeling well today. And I ask you, what is it? Okay, it will be okay. I'm here. That's all you need. But we lie. Because we have fake friends. Every time people talk, ah, everything is fine. You're dying inside. Everything. So men, we're dying silently. I need people I can be open with. I cannot tell my wife everything. There are some parts of me, what I'm feeling, I cannot tell her. Because in her eyes, I don't want to see the disappointment in her eyes. To her, I'm Superman. And I have to stay like that most times. I can't tell her I'm struggling. Oh, if I need hold it. it right there. Yeah. This is another key issue that you just mentioned now. Mm. I don't want to say this to my wife because that disappointment in her eyes it will depress me even more. more. Now, unfortunately, the other side, the other part, I mean, women, they don't understand that when this man is not talking, he prefers talking to the other men to feel better. You don't want to offload all this bedding into him. For an example, I, 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 will, I, I will put it in this way. There was a statement that was tabled to say there are some of people you can't share your problem with because as soon as you share that problem with them, it might put them into depression. It can destroy them because they are not strong enough to handle such information. Our life has changed, Ray. We are born independent. You come out of your mother's womb alone, even if you're twins. You don't come out together. You come up one after the other. But we live dependent. Human beings are the only animals in the world that you can live even in your mother's house till you're 40. 
other animals, a few hours and they go on their own. So we cannot live on our own. We need a community. And the way we live, and this is harder for us as African people than any other race, because I grew up in a village. In a village, I've got a support structure. I've got my father, I've got my uncle, I've got my older brother, I've got people around me, men that teach me how to be men. And they can see if something is wrong. And every single day we're sitting after dinner, wherever, or we take the cattle to water, we're talking. So I always have a system to vent, and they always have a system to find out what is happening. But here, here you can't. Here we pretend. Here you have, you always, as a man, you always have to pretend that you have it. As a man, you always have to pretend that you, you got your house in order, that you never broke, you never get depressed, you never feel weak, that you never have bad thoughts. It's a lie. We, we human, I'm a human beings. As much as I might look like I've got my life in order, but this is the first time I'm also doing this. I'm going through this life like you. I've got my struggles. And I also need somebody that holds me and tells me, Steve, it will be fine. But it can't be you. It has to be somebody older than me. So if you are 30, you need to have friends that are in the 40s. If you're 40, you need to have friends, people that have already been through you. Mine is to be a mentor to you because I've been through you, what you've done. But it's very hard for you to understand what I go through. You've never been through it. But somebody that is older than me, 10 years, he's been through it. It tells me, you know, it's like that. But when was the last time you saw a 70-year-old black man in this city? You never see them. I see black I see black old women. I see other races, but I don't see black old men. What does it mean? We as black men, we're growing up as boys without knowing what it means to be men. We've losing out the wisdom because a 70-year wisdom, just to go like that, we're always starting from, and that's why most of us still do stupid things. We still drink, run around with women, lie, not because we're bad, but the system, our culture that kept training us to become who you're supposed to be, we're lacking. And that's my job, is to make sure anybody that is young and is under my care is to take them. It doesn't mean my path is perfect, but it's a path they can go through, and then they can find their way through that path. He goes through it and he says, no, I tried you as here, it didn't work. But he didn't go off completely. But I gave him a structure. And that's one thing all of us have to do. Mm, that's, um, that's a very good statement. Um, Steve, um, we're running out of time. and um, We're not running out of time. We always run out of life. Time will always be there. <laughs> exactly. I know you told me that once. Mm. Um, the information that you shared... I would like to say to the viewers and the listeners out there to say, look, um, there's always a positive side in each and every bad situation. And it's all, it's all about us, how we want to live our life, how we want to move from one point to the next. I, got some, I read some statement today that said that some people are still stuck at 70s others 80s others 2000 and now is 2020 and they are still behind with years and if you can look at it all this is because of the choice so before we we, we go steve um what would you say to the young ones out there we have to teach our kids from very young that with all their heart all their life all their energy and all their might, their job is to serve only one, serve God first.
If you put God in front of you, your life becomes easy. Not as in easy, not having trouble, but you'll always go through it without coming up uh, bruised. You'll always be exactly like Daniel that is going to be thrown in the pit, but the lions are not going to eat you. You're going to be like Abignego that is going to be put through fire, but the only thing that is going to be burned is the ropes tying him. When you've got God as your armor, as your spiritual shield, it's the only life that is worth it because they lie to us and we realize it too late. Dedicate your life to God and you will have everything that you've ever wanted in this life. But if you chase everything and you forget God, you'll have the most horrible, painful life you've ever seen. God first. Thank you so much uh, to all my beautiful listeners out there I just want to say thank you so much for being um, wonderful listeners and wonderful viewers. Um, Steve has said it all. I cannot add more. If you didn't hear this, I don't know. Um, you can follow us on our page at um, Creative Brains on the Facebook. And this podcast will be there when you need it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Thank you.